0: Father, we bless you and we give you glory for the opportunity to be together again. Thank you for the testimonies. Thank you for the songs of praise. Thank you, dear Lord of God, for the thanks and the giving and the praise that has ascended unto you, even from your children. As we give you glory and as we give you praise for the joy, oh dear Lord, that you are for us and unto us, O oh blessed Redeemer. So we yield ourselves unto you, and as your word says, open your mouth wide and I will feel it. So, Father, we open our mouths wide, O oh dear God, you and our spirits and trust that you will feel us as you manifest your favor and your grace unto us for the honor of your wondrous name, in Jesus' name. And Lord, as we share your word, we send the word of healing across unto our beloved ones. There are quite a number of our dear ones, dear Lord, in our midst who are unwell. Father, dear Lord, you are the Lord, our healer. And your word has promised us that how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together in unity. You have declared that you command a blessing in that place. So, Father, we ask for that blessing to be commanded in this place now for the glory of your name. That as your blessing is released here, we ask for the blessing of healing. That the grace of healing extends and flows from this particular place to reach every one of our dear ones every brother every sister every child every family that is unwell this particular moment we send this healing unto every one of them in the name of jesus christ any that are mentally oppressed in one way or another psychological or emotionally oppressed we break the yoke of infirmity the yoke of oppression from over them in the name of jesus christ And we send the joy of God into the hearts of your children, that your word be fulfilled, everlasting Father, that, Lord, the voice of rejoicing and salvation is heard in the tents of the righteous. So we send this particular word into them, that, Lord, healing be made manifest, deliverance be made manifest, restoration be made manifest for the glory of your name. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. Let every scheme and endeavor of the enemy against your people melt like wax, O oh dear Lord, before the fire. In the name of Jesus Christ, as you arise and your glory reaches out unto your beloved ones for the honor and for the glory and praise of your wonderful name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, quickly, I would just like us to look at a few thoughts with regard as we remember Christmas we've sung some very interesting songs and all of them is interesting even up to the one that our sister najat was singing again they were sort of linking in into what it is that was laid upon my heart to be able to share and in one or another it is something like a call to godliness as we remember christmas remember some people say they don't celebrate christmas but they don't realize something we are not celebrating a day it is not the day that people have fixed to say that this is the day christ was born because maybe he was never born on that particular day anyway after all he said and done but what is most important is what happened jesus was born whichever day it was and hence we will celebrate the arrival of this particular great one the only one who is great. There is none like him. Praise God. And it is worthwhile to lift him high because that's what he deserves. He deserves all our worship. Praise God. If you will allow me to remove this, I'm already starting to feel hot. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Alright then. So, the, the issue of Christmas, it is specifically to remember the glory of that one. The one who has redeemed you and I from the power of darkness, and he has given us life. He's given us purpose to be alive. That's why we celebrate this day. You know, whichever day it could have been it could have been on the on the first of January, it could have been on the 5th of April. It doesn't matter. The important thing is that God came into the flesh for you and for me. And hence, tonight this afternoon, I just want to talk briefly on the call to godliness that is his arrival was a call to godliness and you'll come to understand maybe as we move on why i share the call to godliness this thing was laid upon my heart and i just believe it is what the lord wants us to share tonight this afternoon that the, the aspect is there is great power in godliness there is great power in godliness And the scripture that we love, everybody knows this one. John chapter 3 verse 16. As we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and as we move on. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to ask yourself as I ask myself, who am I? that god should send his son for me one now realize again he just did not send his son that one who appeared to be called the son of god turns out to be actually it was god himself and he decided to call himself the son of god when he appeared in that particular body, we were in the physical. That physical Jesus, because God Himself is invisible. He's immortal. He is and is beyond imagination. So that one who appeared to be limited, whom we call Jesus, you know, he decided, okay, you call him the son of. He will be called the son of God. Yet he's calling Himself the Son of God. Why? Because the Bible says he's the express image of the invisible one. He's the fullness of the invisible one. He's the completeness of the invisible one, meaning he is the invisible one, but become, become, he has become visible just for you and for me. So ask yourself, as I ask myself, who am I that God should send his son for me? And then ask yourself again, what what does he place on me that he should come for me? Why? What sort of value is this that he places on me that he should come for me? And then ask yourself again, why does he give his all? He gave himself. Why does he give his all? Just to come to save me. To rescue me. To redeem me. And to restore me. Why did he have to go into all that? all all, all, all that trouble and all that particular pain. Realize and remember, without Him, as the Word of God says, we are so corrupt that it could only take Him to be able to restore us and to be able to put us together again. There is no goodness about us that will ever give us an opportunity to be able to inherit that particular eternal life. Nothing about us. Why? Because we were corrupted to the core. In our spirit, our soul, our body, were infiltrated with the dirt of the enemy. Whatever it is that happened in that particular garden of Eden, you can imagine how powerful that corruption was. To the extent that up to now, every child that is born is corrupt. The billions that have passed throughout all, Italy, all all of all of mankind's life, every single one has come out corrupt, 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 corrupt. Everyone that is born, and there are so many that are born every day, every second. Of we oh, usually go to the statistics, we are told there are so many that come out, you know, coming into the world. But every single one of them corrupt. None of them comes out clean. Only one ever came out clean his name is Jesus Amen. hallelujah Amen. and here what Paul tells us in Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians verse, chapter 5 verse 23 to 24 he says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ he who calls you is faithful Who also will do it? Realize. He essentially is saying. The issue of your soul. Your spirit and your body. Being made blameless. Is not your work. He is basically saying. He is the one who is sanctifying us. Setting us apart. And in setting us apart. He again goes and says. He is faithful. He will do it. There is. Great power in godliness. And that's why God has committed himself to you and to me. To reach out. To be able to restore that particular character of godliness in you and in me. Because there is a reason behind it. And that's why he sends our precious Jesus to come. And uh, to come and you know, be born in our midst. In, in such, a, such, a, such a world as this one. Now realize quickly, I love going back to I love going back to the beginning. Realize I, 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 almost every now and then I refer to it, Earth was a paradise before the fall. And why do I say earth was a paradise before the fall? First of all, when I sit and meditate on the wonders of heaven, there is something that always occurs to me. Why is heaven so good? i want you to ask yourself that question why is heaven so good and i always come to one conclusion and that is it is because god is so good and out of his goodness there vibrates an energy or a vibration that you know it as it, it goes to the expanse of heaven, the heaven where the Father, where the presence of God abides and dwells, as it proceeds from Him and goes out, it renews, it revives, it revitalizes, it reinvigorates everything in its path, and hence. Because it's good, his nature is, you know, it, it, it surges into each and every particular, every angel, every tree, every plant, every grass, every flower. If there are animals, every animal, every horse, everything across in across in heaven, everything vibrates with that particular goodness and becomes, you know, there, there is such a such a presence and such a joy. Now, you know, the one that he says, you know, as the scripture says, in his presence. Is fullness of joy at his right hand are pleasures forevermore and you no know, wonder you know there is so much joy in heaven why because god's presence itself that joy simply you know goes proceeds out from him and it sucks everything all around him wherever it is that his dominion is made manifest for the owner of his name and hence when he created earth It came to my mind, God wanted earth to image heaven. Heaven is spiritual. He had an idea to make a physical heaven. And that's why he made man in his own image. A God on earth. Because that was God himself. Basically, he gave, We said last week, he put his spirit in that man. Meaning, when Adam was walking about the Garden of Eden, it was not man who was walking, it was God who was walking around the Garden of Eden. Because it, man didn't have a spirit of his own. It is God's spirit which was breathed in into him. So every word Adam spoke, it was actually God speaking. Because the spirit of God, which was in that particular flesh, that had been molded out of the earth. And hence, there was God wanted earth to image, to image heaven. And you can have that idea because Jesus comes with the same idea when he tells us how to pray. When he says, you know, Father, what in heaven, your kingdom, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is essentially revealing to us that the Father's idea was earth must be like heaven. That it was his original idea, and that remained his idea. Well, that's why he sends Jesus, and so, where his image, you know, his image can only dwell in a place similar to where he himself dwells. That is the thought that came to my mind. That his image will only be because if he plants his image here, it means the surrounding must be similar to where he himself is. And so, similarly, his image comes in to be in a similar place where he dwells. Now, we know God is light, and that means his image is light as well. Meaning, Adam was like a light in, on earth or in the universe, in the physical world. Adam was a light just as God is light. He was an image of God. You and I, we have been created in that particular image. And so he shed the light across the whole universe from from his station on earth. God in heaven sheds his light across the whole universes of heaven, wherever they reach, they extend unto. On earth, I want you to realize the importance of man and woman. He places them there as his image in the physical. And hence, because he has made the physical universe, likewise, there is light that is shining from earth from where his image abides, and it extends throughout the whole of the universe, keeping the universe in order and bringing joy across the whole expanse of the universes as we know them. The scientists tell them we can't even be able to mention the number of stars and what have you. Think of the value that God had placed upon this creation that he had made in the Garden of Eden. And that's why he sends Jesus Christ. For he cannot give up on the dream that he has purpose. In his presence, we have said his fullness of joy. So likewise, the presence of his image reflected the same joy as it is in heaven. That's why there was, you know, there must have been great rejoicing, jubilation, celebration in that on earth because i believe eden eden encompassed maybe the whole of earth we don't know but it, it, essentially it was a, a a joint of great celebration the animals the plants everything everything was rejoicing they could sing if at all they sing you know you you'll you know, be surprised they say that plants even some plants listen to music you put a certain type of music you'll see the plants you know vibrate and they start growing very wonderfully you put a certain type of music like the jam Rap, rap music, very rough music. The plant starts to wilt, and they start to die. It is strange. That is the, that is the wonder. that is the wonder of creation. But that's essentially, you know, as I sat meditating, it started coming upon my spirit. Hold on. This is essentially what was God was in, in, indicating. The presence of man and woman was releasing such joy that the whole of creation was vibrating with joy because that was his dwelling place. No wonder he could leave heaven once in a while. He says in the cool of day, and come and visit Adam. Why? Because there was a similarity. He moves from the spiritual into the physical at will. And he was able to move into the two realms freely. Why? Because his image was manifested there. Now, I want you to try and think and imagine the shockwave that must have vibra- reverberated, you know, gone throughout not only us, but the whole universe when the image of God was extinguished from the face of the earth. I want you to imagine, just think about it. What shock waves. I don't know whether you've been in some countries where there are blackouts. You know, everything has been light everywhere, and then suddenly. Everything goes dark. No street lights, no light in the, in the, in, in the houses, no light anywhere. Even the, star, the skies of that day, maybe the Nimbus clouds have covered everywhere. It is pitch darkness. Now, I want you to try and imagine the shock waves that must have you know, reverberated across the whole of the universe when the image of God ceased to be in its midst. In the midst of the universes. As we know them right now. Take a moment and think about that. No physical representation of God. In the physical. He was now only in the spiritual. No compass of direction. Realize thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's not only for the human being. And a light unto my path. That word is the one that sustains heaven. And if you come to Hebrews, he says, He holds everything by the power of his word. The presence of that word in the physical universe was causing the universe to remain in place and to experience an order that was like the order that was and is in heaven. Now there was no word of God to give light in the whole, in the whole of the universe. Everything started to grow. In darkness to find their own way. Be it Earth, be it Mars, be it Jupiter, be it wherever, up to the sun and all the stars. Everything was grouping now by itself to find its own order, because the one center, the image of God, had been erased from the face of the earth, the center which God desired it to be. The emotions and, you know, the, the desires and, you know, the, the expectation and the perspectives of humanity, they, were, they got distorted because God was in him. He was the compass. The moment that image was removed, everything got distorted. And you know what happened? The rule of what we know, the rule of the jungle, no wonder it was enacted. You know what the rule of the jungle is? Survival for the fittest. It just closed my mind, that, that must be how this particular rule came to, into being. There before there was nothing like survival for the fetus because God was there to provide. But suddenly everything became survival for the fetus. Now think about it, every animal, all the animals that once lived at peace, they turned on each other. Tribalism, racism entered into the realm of the whole universe you can't move from earth to go to Mars. you die because that's a different area the lions say this is our territory any hyena coming here we kill and if we find a zebra or a goat or a whatever we slaughter and kill and eat it there before they were all eating grass and fruits suddenly blood became tasty flesh became tasty and i believe because man loves to copy everything. Man must have seen a lion eating a lamb. Said, Hold on. He saw Hyena tear as Zebra up. Hold on. What could have been like? happening? he went to try to chase it away and deal I hmm, It tastes good. It tastes good. So hence, man started eating meat and what have you. I don't think man started eating meat just at the time of Noah. No. He must have started before, just before, before Noah and hence disorder came into the whole setup of the of the universe and realize what the word of god says in uh, in, in, in in psalms chapter 14 from verse 1 to verse 3 he said i say that foolishness entered into the heart of man for the word of god says in psalms 14 1, 3 the fool has said in his heart there is no god then he says they are corrupt they have done abominable works there is none who does good the lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there is there are any who understand who seek god then verse 3 says they have all turned aside they have together become corrupt there is none who does good no not one that's what happened and what has happened and i want you to realize something is strange the earth because man became corrupt even the earth revolted against the wickedness of man remember what jesus says as it was in the day of noah so shall it be in the days of the son of man as it was in the in sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be in the day of the son of the the day of the lord when the day of the lord comes the earth revolted against man's wickedness in noah's time we are told god send a flood but I believe the earth cooperated with God because the Bible says even the, you know, the, the, the deep opened and released water to destroy this thing that is on earth that is causing corruption on the face of the earth. The heavens opened and released. Why? Because of the disorder of the wickedness. Now, we are looking at the power of godliness if man had been godly and continued to be godly I tell you earth will be a paradise even up to this particular moment And but what has happened has changed the whole order of everything and that's why Paul comes as I draw to a close Paul comes in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 and verse 5 and these words were given unto me you know, the, was it on Friday and the word was coming like as the season of Christmas is being celebrated, or the season of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So be aware that there's, uh, there's a season of an influx, because the enemy knows what is about to happen. There is a season of a greater influx than you, of what you have not experienced in times past, which is getting to start to happen. But there is a power that will be able to diffuse. This particular uh, season that the enemy is planning, or he has always planned to bring upon earth. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. What are perilous times? Perilous times, if you look in the dictionary, it talks of they are risky times, hazardous times. They are times of uncertainty. They are dangerous, dangerous times, treacherous times. There are times of unsafety. It is unsafe. Everything is unsafe all around. And he says in verse two, "For men will be women, men and women. You can put women there because all of them. The men refers to all of us. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boosters, proud." Blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. From such People, turn away. What I'm saying is that there is an onslaught by the dark forces to cloud the minds and the hearts of men and women from beholding and from experiencing God. And all these conditions that Paul puts there, there are different kinds of spirits that are being unleashed across, even into the church, and across the whole expanse of mankind. Of humanity, with a desire to cloud our minds and our hearts from being able to appreciate, to experience, and to encounter God in our lives. Realize something. At the same time, just as it happened in the time of the flood, and it happened in the time of uh, of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, when they say fire came from heaven, fire fell from heaven. I believe there was a terrible volcanic activity in sodom and Gomorrah. they had never seen volcanic action in those particular days suddenly i'm sure a mountain near wherever sodom and Gomorra was must have erupted like what happened is it la palma whatever this island in uh, in spain and the you know the lava was going up from up into the skies and tchew, coming and falling down on the cities of sodom and Gomorrah uh, and destroyed everything just as we are seeing in la palma And that is the earth revolted. The Bible says their sin reached heaven. And what is happening in our time? The same thing is happening. And the earth has started revolting. Why? Because of these particular conditions. Every time we live in unholiness, sexual immorality, slanderers, being unforgiving and thankful. The earth is a living organism. It sustains us. And every thought of man and woman, because of the position God has placed us, it sends forth just like cancers develop in the bodies of human beings because of a set of our minds or something that happens, it's function. So likewise, as our minds go forth haywire with all these evil conditions, it affects earth itself and earth starts to revolt. God gave a command, the water must not cover the earth. But these days, tsunamis come and they cover and they destroy so much life. The earth is revolting. Volcanoes and and so many strong winds and winds and storms all over because of even creation is revolting at the nature of man. Viruses, The, the viruses that they say they are developing, let me tell you something, it might not even be man who is developing. The earth is developing some of these particular viruses because of the wickedness of men and women on the face of the earth. And what will be able to save us? God sold out the world that he gave his only begotten son. It is the power of godliness. That's why he finalizes and he says in Psalms 133, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard the beard of aaron running down to the edge of his garments it is like the dew of Hammon descending upon the mountains of zion for there the lord commanded the blessing and life forevermore he commands that blessing forevermore but go back to timothy and you realize why that blessing cannot be commanded instead death and destruction is commanded across the whole of our lifestyle our families and the whole humankind as a whole even within the church because we are failing the, in that particular realm of the godliness that god is desiring of us police them i don't want to go through them yet once again time my time is already up i've gone more than i thought i would go and so our desire us as we go to a close I just want to ask you this one one thing. Remember, there is a power of godliness. I've not been able to expound it deeply. But there is a power of godliness which is found in believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And because He came to bring many sons into glory, that godliness, when God sends His Son to earth, it is evident... That he had not forgotten the idea or that he had of the very beginning to have a physical representation of the image of God in the physical world again. That's why Christmas is very important. He brought his image back so as to restore, to bring a light again into the world, to bring the compass again into the world so that the universe can have an opportunity. But he came to redeem us because the word of god says and this is the final scripture as he says in second peter chapter 3 from verse 10 are you listening It explains itself but the day of the lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burnt up therefore since all these things will be dissolved what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming of the day of god because of which the heavens will dissolve being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat nevertheless now listen to this nevertheless according to his promise we look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. The father didn't lose his dream. He still wants a physical heaven and a physical earth in which righteousness dwells. And it is believing on Jesus that brings about that. You and I as we believe. I want you to ask, maybe some of you are online. Do you believe on this Lord Jesus Christ? there is the opportunity that the father has given unto us may we take it up because it will make all the difference in our lives in the name of jesus christ as you receive him his godliness will start being made manifest in your life go back into second timothy chapter three and read from verse one to verse five and start praying father these conditions if they are in your life Cry out unto him, O oh God, fill me with your spirit that these particular conditions will not be found in me. Because if they are found in us, then it means we don't have the godliness, the power that will break the yoke of the enemy from our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. May the whole Lord help you. May the Lord help me to bring glory unto his wonderful name. In Jesus' name shall we pray. Father, we thank you for sending Jesus to bring and to enact whole godliness and holiness again in us to change us to transform us as we believe in him to translate us from darkness into light so that we may be the image of you as you have always desired from the very beginning let it be that father dear lord each one of us rises to this particular challenge to believe on the lord jesus christ maybe you are here or you are on the internet you are online you are in the youtube or facebook and you have not known this jesus as your lord and your savior there is a promise god so loved you that he gave jesus you can believe on jesus today and you will become godly and escape what it is that is coming upon us in the times ahead just pray this prayer after me if there's anybody who wants to know the lord jesus as your lord and savior just declare lord god almighty i come before you in the name of jesus i confess i am a sinner i have rebelled and lived in disobedience against you i am corrupt i ask that you forgive my sin heal my corruptness change me deliver me and restore me let me be yours from today i confess with my mouth that jesus christ is the son of god i believe in my heart that father you have raised jesus christ from the dead and i confess that jesus is lord thank you father you receive me now in jesus name so be it, Father, that Lord, your name be glorified in us and in your creation, even as we present ourselves to you in Jesus' name. God bless you.